everybody, Chris Giles here from The Factory, back with another Real Sales Talk. We're blessed to have Evan Santa from Vidyard join us today. Talk about the future of sales and how communication is changing. The world is going to be different. Welcome, Evan. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Chris. Yeah, that's awesome to have you. Vidyard's a fantastic customer of ours and supplier of us, and we just really enjoy dealing with you. And I want to hear more about how Vidyard, how Evan Santa, how you feel sales is going to change. Will you do us a favor and tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Uh, Evan Santa, sales manager over at Vidyard. I've been in software for just over six years now. Um, I had an interesting path in my career. I started in, well, I mean, I started cutting lawns in university, started uh, a little business that way. And um, through the various jobs that I had, I ended up with an engineering firm, just sort of fell into that. Excellent. Uh, And I was there for about eight years. And then I woke up one day and I wasn't too happy with what I was doing. Cool. So I then, you know, sold a house, shut down a life and started a new one in Toronto. And that was about six years ago. And when you have on your resume that you've been working with an engineering company for about eight years, nobody in the big city of Toronto will, uh, will let alone let you in the building for an interview. So from there... I started a consulting firm. This is during the e-commerce boom, right. when you know people are creating the the most random objects out of their out of their homes and garages and basements and trying yep. to sell them online. Cool. And from there, I um, ultimately did some consulting with a few different companies, and that led me to a company called Touch Bistro, to which I built a business development mm-hmm. firm at. That's right. And then I landed over at Vidyard. So it's been a really, really interesting run. And I don't think if you would have told me six years ago that I'd be a sales manager at this point, um, if I would have believed you, but here we are. I think it goes back to the whole thing of what the factory does, help people place them in their careers, that sometimes the path is not always as clear. Yeah. And I think what you just explained there is exactly what our, our viewers need to understand and learn too, is that sometimes finding your way to your destination isn't always as straightforward. Well, as you well know, and I told you beforehand, we ask you five simple questions. And this helps discover a little bit more about you. And so these questions are really simple. They tell us about you. So let's start out right away with the speed round. What's a positive word you live by, positive word you like? Accountability. Accountability. What yeah. does that mean to you? Well, I think, I mean, ultimately you need to be accountable with everything that you do. Like sometimes if you, if you, you should second guess yourself in everything that you do and you need to be your own worst critic. And this goes as far as walking past that piece of fluff that's on the floor in the morning. Cause if you walk by that, that's, that's on you. And I find myself constantly checking myself to do those small things and all the way up to the biggest business decisions that we make, how I manage a team, um, how I take care of my family it's all accountability. Yeah, of course. So I'm just repeating that in my head from when I wake up in the morning to every night when I go to sleep. Just making sure that you, you, you can be counted on. Yeah, to, yeah, pick, up, some sense. to pick up the fluff and to, yeah, and to, make, and to, to, to close the big deal for sure. Awesome. Well, if you have a positive word, which is accountability, there's obviously a word that creates an adverse reaction for yes. you or a negative word. And what would that negative word be? It's can't. The word can't. I know that word well. Yeah, I also we were just tell talking, me, yeah, yeah, tell me why you don't like that word. I, I Years ago, I came up with a... Uh, almost like a word equation where it's absolution minus motivation plus fact equals I can't do that. And I hate it. Give me that one more time again. for the absolution. Okay. So so absolving yourself. Yeah. Plus, or pardon me, minus motivation. Yeah, not doing it. Your your lack of of having to try equals I can't do that. And it's a statement of I can't do that. One of the biggest problems with the statement I can't do that is you're absolving yourself of ever having to try. Right. So you're saying, I can't do that. So Chris, don't hold it against me that I'm not willing to try. I, I think, you know, to, I follow the similar, exact same philosophy just to play on. And I think it's a word that people use because of a lack of knowledge, lack of understanding, maybe a lack of clarity on what's going to happen. So the furthest fear. And, you know, I always say, I just don't understand. I was never allowed to use the word in my house. It was against the rules. And I, I, I just, we said it out there, I'll say it again. Can't includes the word can. So why don't we just start with can, leave the go. apostrophe and the T off and we're good to go. Well, that's fantastic. Accountability sounds like we're going to get it done. Can't says, I can certainly, you can count on me. Yep. And what about a hero in your world? Somebody that's helping to get to, what is Evan Santa made of and how this person help? Who's that hero? There's lots, but it would definitely be my father. Oh, I love it. Yeah. It What's his be- name? Orville Santa. Orville Santa. Yeah. I like him. Don't search that on Google, though. No. But um, no, like he uh, he's my dad came. I mean, you hear the story all the time of uh, coming from, you know, immigrant parents who are doing everything they can to support their family. Right. But when like my dad's just an entre- entrepreneur till death, he he's taught me so much. And being able, I feel privileged to have been a son, to have been 
in the same household while he was building multiple businesses in order to support our family and provide the lifestyle that we did. And I learned so much from him. And I think I even learned how, like I, I take different ways that he raised me. And, you know, you, I think there's a point in no matter who raised you, you walk away from the individual who raised you. And sometimes you go to a room and punch a pillow, you know what I mean? And sure, you're very angry with that individual, but it's years later when you realize that those lessons that they teach you are, are invaluable yeah. and they're what make you a better person. They're what make you more accountable to yes. the, those around you. And, um, a lot of, a lot of in the way that he raised me as his son is I bring that to the office every day. And I, and I instill a lot of those values, those ethics, those, that work ethic, that drive, that accountability to all the people that I'm accountable for. What did, what were the businesses your father did? What did, what, what, did were they in the technology field or something completely different? Again? My dad, my dad was in marketing, but my dad was also in politics in, cool. in Thunder Bay, Ontario so again, as well. Not a specific, not a path you followed specifically from your father, but all the lessons he put together has allowed you to get to where you're going to today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. He was the one who pushed me to create a landscaping business. He was my primary investor. Nice. As well. Wonderful. Um, yeah, absolutely. But, um, but, no, it's, I, I think, you know, whatever vertical you end up in, in business, yeah. there's the fundamentals of business are all the same. Right. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You could be, a, you could be in healthcare, you could be in finance, you could be in software. Um, you still got to get up every morning. And if you're going to be successful doing that, there's a strong set of fundamentals that will allow you to do that. And it's, it doesn't matter which vertical. I think the mothers and fathers of the world deserve a lot more credit. Absolutely. I am one. I, I couldn't, as well. couldn't agree so, more. Yeah, it's an important job. Well, I, I guess a, a dream that you have, something that's a dream in Evan Santa's mind that you'd like to express out there, maybe that, that's going to end up coming true. What is it? Oh, I'm Chris, the, I live my life like 12 months in advance. Like I'm looking 12 nice. months in 12 month increments all the time. Goal so setting folks. Yeah. <laughs> so my wife and I are moving into our house uh, next Thursday, Friday. I'm living amongst boxes right now. Perfect. Um, yeah. So that was, I mean, ultimately that was a big dream when I moved down to Toronto six years ago right. and reinvented my career. I mean, the, the paycheck that I was getting was, you know, was very, very, very entry level. So to be able to do what I did in the last six years was a massive dream of mine. But with that, it came with so many different challenges along the way. And uh, so I think one of the biggest ones was for us to be able to, you know, in the last three years, I got married, had a baby, moving into our, uh, our our family home as of next Friday. So it's, you know, everything's sort of working out. But the so thing is, is you, that- But just the planning of all that. That So now you're, you're, maybe your dream right. of yours is to be that family. You, it sounds like you want to be the, I've the got future Orville Santa. Is Evan Santa in the making as yeah, we speak? Yeah, right now I've got everything that I want. But, oh, at the, but at the same token, it, you know, there are other aspirations, but they're, they're all 12 month in, increments. I mean, I'm fighting, I, 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 I have, uh, sometimes I have difficulty with people who talk about dreams and they'll say, I want to do this in five years. Here's a boat I want to own in five years. And I mean, for lack of a better term, I tell them to get bent because the reason being is that tell me you want to do that in 24 months and we'll have a conversation and we'll strategize around how to do that. Right. You tell me you want to do that in five years. That is just so the dream dream is a great word. But there also has to be a plan in order to achieve it. Execution. So, I mean, one of the one of my next things is just paying off some of the things that I need to pay off. Right. And once that's done and I've got a plan to do that in the next six months, then it's let's pay this house off. Gotcha. And here's the time frame we're going to do it in. So though, that's the way that I dream. Cool. Awesome. That's the way that I dream. Love it. And then I guess the last one. So it's great. We receive accountability. We found out about the work camp. We, we know about oil. We know that, that the family is going to be critical. So foundation sounds yeah, like it. Foundation is your dream is to create it. And it sounds like you're well on your way. What's a valuable business lesson? This is, you know, we'll, we'll go throughout the whole day talking business lessons, yeah. but there's one that you'd say that, you know, this, this one really made a difference for Well, me. it comes from my father as well. And okay. the reason I say earlier, don't Google him, is um, when he was in politics in the city of Thunder Bay, Ontario, yeah. he challenged everything. Challenged everybody, challenged everything. He challenged himself. So I take that into business and ultimately the, the uh, actually I should step back just a little bit. When you challenge things, people get very uncomfortable. Right. It's the only way that we can get better at anything. 100%. It's the only way that we can look at something and say, maybe there's a better way to doing this. The most successful companies, the most successful people in the world 
exercise this all the time. Right. And ultimately, that is the biggest lesson that I've learned within business is you need for the be- for the betterment of the business, the betterment of the customer and in yeah. order to innovate and evolve, we need to challenge everything. 100%. And we need to sit across from the table and be willing to professionally and gently challenge one another, but not be afraid to do so because it might it might be a difficult conversation to have. So that's the, that's that's something that I'm practicing and preaching. And even, uh, even with my wife, like we will challenge, like, am I right here or am I wrong? Like, let's not sit around and self-serve each other and rub each other on the back and pat and, and, uh, walk away with the wrong decision because we were too afraid to have some type of conflict and conversation. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, you know, I've, I've completely changed my career at the age of 51 completely reinvented myself, learned industries and tried to figure things out. And I found it's because I found in that challenge, I actually found different things that even the people that were in it were not paying attention right. to. And I think, you know, if you, the best thing I always look at whenever I'm teaching an employee or if I'm dealing with a team that I'm training, as I said, have you ever seen a small child approximately 12 months to 18 months try and walk? Right. Their level of appetite to walk is insatiable. The smashing of the knees, the smashing of the forehead, it's all fine as long as we get the movement in the end. Perfect. So we understand a little bit more about Evan Santa. Here we go. We're going to now talk, as I mentioned, our theme today is to understand how is communication going to change in sales and how is sales changing? So my first question is, and I'll start right off there because you work for Vidyard, which is a fantastic company that's pushing the limits of how we communicate and how we how we're changing. What is the future of sales as far as Evan Santa's concerned? What's going to happen there? Why well, the thing about pardon me the the future of sales is is obviously undetermined, but right. at the same token, I think that we need to challenge ourselves to admit that it's that perhaps the tactics that we're using from the books that we read that were written ten years ago, although a lot of that stuff is still valid and there are some very very strong fundamentals in in such literature the buyer has changed since you and I started this conversation. Correct. Their behavior is yes. changing immensely. We're seeing yeah. that with with this huge evolution or revolution of technology. Yeah. You know, you watch the news and you realize that people now are receiving um, Happy Meals through the air with drones in Southern California. Like, it's just insane as to what's happening. So I think one of the most important one of the most important things that needs to happen within especially mid to larger side size organizations is that they need to sit around and challenge and say okay we've been we've been we've been using the same stra- sales strategy for even the last 12 months is it still relevant right so one of the things that that i've set out to do is to simply just remove red tape from a sales process remove friction seek to educate rather than to sell i think yeah. one of the biggest problems Excellent with point. Excellent point. Yeah, I think one of the biggest problems with um, with traditional software or enterprise level sales is the fact that we enter. There's a negotiation that starts before there's any education, which I think is yeah, backwards. I agree with and you. that's the way it was done 10, 20 years ago, and it made sense. But nowadays, people jump on websites and they'll abandon those websites if you withhold a price from them. Yeah. It doesn't matter what product they're purchasing. So if you go to buy a three, four million dollar home, you're going to see it listed as three million, you know, all the way down to the dollar. Um, so why are we withholding that on a $20,000 deal or a $100,000 deal? And furthermore, it, not only withholding information can be difficult or, or hurt the trust before it's even has an opportunity to flourish. There's also the, 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 the idea that if you don't provide something like transparent pricing, it actually just has people, it forces individuals to question value. If you walk into a car dealership, a Mercedes-Benz car dealership, and they say, and I walk up to a, a vehicle there, they're going to very proudly tell me that's a $150,000 car. Right. Immediately, I start to think, must be worth it. Now, if a salesperson says, I'm not going to tell you it's pricing. It's a lot of money. First, tell me how much money you make. Yeah. Let's take it for a spin. The whole time, I'm wondering, is he gouging me? Is there some type of mistrust that's happening? Is yeah. it worth what they're going to eventually tell me what it's worth? And all these different thoughts happen. So I think the future of sales really needs to focus. You, if you see what's happening in communication within all these different uh, companies and all the companies, including Vidyard, yeah. who's changing the way businesses are communicating effectively, people are 
gravitating towards this new level of trust that has been missing for the last 20 years. And I think that we need to ensure that we're selling into, or we're selling with an, um, I guess the world, world word would be an increased level of, of humanity, trust, and, and a style of education rather than just- I almost feel the words empathy. Like you want to act, with, you want to be righteous, and you want to be empathetic. You know, it's funny as as a purchaser myself and a seller of of products, I, I believe in what you're saying. I don't know if I need the full transparency in every situation because I can appreciate sometimes too much information can be a little bit of a challenge. So there's an argument. I think you would agree with me that there's an argument sometimes to helping to educate the customer rather than having them educate themselves. And yep. I think there's some danger in today's society where you know I know I know is I mean if you look at all the smartest people in the world. I always find the smartest of the grandmothers and the grandfathers and, you know, they're still trying to figure out how to work an iPad that, you know, they might be 80 years old. My mom is example. And I think to myself, what am I doing today? That's too stagnant. And so I agree with you. The future of sales is goes back to one word you said earlier, which is educating them. Yeah. And I think if you take an effort to understand who your customer is, because there should be lots of information out there to understand your customers. Then when you arrive, you should already know that you should be able to create a return on that investment for them. And then it becomes your responsibility to fight through a little bit of their objective to help educate them. And I always say that, but I always say, and I'm sure you operate the same as rather than worrying about the price or what this is going to cost you, whether you're going to like it, why don't we just talk for right now? Right. Because when you do pay, I want to make sure you get the value you deserve. But if we don't talk correctly about this and we start putting up contentious arguments all the way through it, I think we're in danger. And I think that's what I feel the future of sales is, is being more respectful to people. Well, what's really interesting about it is that since since drawing out this playbook and yeah. then trying to see if ultimately there was some findings of truth to it. Yeah. Um, obviously I put it into action. I had a great opportunity at Vidyard and still have um, to put this into action and see how people respond to it. And it was almost unbelievable as to the response of a lot of our customers and a lot of our potential customers in first the guard that they would that the guard they would have right. up when they would come to a potential or to a sales call ultimately right. with I us. Know, it's crazy. And some of them would be shocked. They go, well, you're, you, I, I understand you're not going to tell me what this costs until the next three calls. I'm like, no, I'll tell you right now. Yeah. And all of a sudden the guard drops and they go, oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. And sometimes by the end of a process, whether or not, or a sales process, sales cycle, um, we'd have potential customers, sometimes even when they don't buy, thanking us, just saying, this has just been a great experience. I, and I think you owe it to them. I think you Absolutely. agree with me, right? One of, the, one of the biggest things that I have my team, one of the biggest tech or biggest um, talk tracks that I have my team utilizing is, Chris, if, if, you, if you sit down with me for 30 minutes, I'm going to get you all the information you need to make an educated decision as to whether or not it makes sense to add this to your process. Now, the best thing about that is the fact that in 30 minutes, you're either going to know you need to add this to your process or you're going to know that you don't need to add this to your process. And then it allows you to take, get that time back to go find what it is you do Maybe need. Maybe you because find some other things. So you re spend some time on reinventing yourself. I couldn't agree more. That's right. Because your yeah. employees are yeah. desperately waiting for you to find the solution that's going to take your company to the next level. So I'm going to give that time back to you. I'm going to be so valuable to you in the next 30 minutes. And if you decide not to purchase, that's great. Isn't it great we found that in 30 minutes, not four calls and three weeks or, down or the road? Or for that matter, you don't know and you always wonder. And that's I think right. that's, and you know, it's, I think it's important as salespeople, as I, I use your word again, if you don't mind, educators, um, that, you know, our, I, I always say when I'm training salespeople, you build your sale based on a base of knowledge, which is your knowledge of the customer and your knowledge of the product. The reason you have that knowledge is, of course, you're supposed to be the teacher, the leader in the room. It's supposed to lead everybody to the promised land, which is, Mr. Customer, you buy Vidyard and then this happens and you'll receive greater results in your in your activities. Or for that matter, you buy this Mercedes Benz yeah. or for that matter or for that matter. And the idea being is when they make that decision, there's that, that trepidation, that fear has been withdrawn, not in that one moment when they sign the check, but throughout that process. Yeah. So in terms of communication goes, with the future communication, I think it goes back to maybe how we talked about it. You know, it is Vidyard that, that is really one of those game changers in the world right there. What is Vidyard? What do you think Vidyard's done to help improve the process of communication directly? I think just, just championing it. Just bringing humanity back to it. I mean, I, so I spent so much time building business development teams. Right. So how do we, as a software company, get in touch with Chris Giles at the factory? 
like the, like I I call myself. Y- yeah, there you go. <laughs> I've got your number. But I mean, ultimately, the the we spent so long um, trying to understand. Like, see, this, this is where the whole thing gets interesting. Okay? Yeah, is that you get guys like me and and. Um, these leaders in the industry who are trying to figure out how to drive the best business development team in the industry. Right. Now I'm motivated in order to purchase a home, accelerate my career, take care of my family, et cetera. So I want that team to be the best possible team going. Yep. Now you've got individuals on LinkedIn who are providing a lot of information, which is great that like, there's nothing better than information, but the same token, everybody's now sharing the same, same, the same, um, strategies, right? Right. Because everybody are grabbing onto all these, all these, uh, influencers and they're saying, okay, well now we're going to use that track track. We're going to use this line. We're going to write our emails that way. And what's happened is, is that the Chris Giles of the world are getting smashed and absolutely inundated with all the same ultimately same, e- emails, same sales process emails using utilizing the exact same playbook yeah chris giles please read my email and at the yeah. end of this do you want to have a 30 minute call i'm going to give you a free demo that's what you're going to get in terms of value out of this so what vidyard is really doing is just bringing a little bit of humanity back to this process Love it. and one of the biggest problems i believe in all sales is when you're making your prospects feel as though they're just simply a transaction yeah and that's what's happening so I mean, obviously we can all remember, and I'm sure the majority of the people watching this and listening will remember the, the ultimately the rise and the, the power that, that uh, marketing automation created and, and how powerful it is still in the market. Yes. And it used to work really, really well because you were able to email tens of thousands of people one message and ultimately generate leads and generate conversations from it. The problem is now is you can easily identify, even if you, even if you, I'm in the business and I can easily identify when I actually get an email from somebody who maybe actually knows who I am versus, oh, here's another Here's the Monday morning uh, news bulletin from XYZ company. And the thing is, is those emails were spending tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars for people to delete those emails. So what Vidyard is doing is if I can show you immediately when you open that email, if you open it, that's the catch, right? Got to. But if you open the email. I have a feeling on that. I believe you should open almost every email you receive. You I know think why? so too. It's not because you may, sorry, I apologize. No, no, please. Thought, but I have a thought on that because I think we're supposed to give tips where you're here. And I heard one. Yes. There, is I believe you can learn something from either the product, the way they sell, yep. the person, you never know who you're going to meet. Couldn't agree more. I do not believe there's anything that's a waste of time other than the fact that, okay, next time that guy sends it, that will be a waste of time to read it yes. again. <laughs> yes. But but the one thing that we have to be careful with, and this is a very interesting conversation, but the one thing we have to be careful with is that, and pay attention to the next time that you, that you open an email. And you might be the anomaly, but... The majority of people, when email first came out, people would open their email and start to read the copy. Yeah. Okay. It's just, it was the same as getting a letter to your house. Yeah. You open it up and you start to read. What people do now is they open up the email and rather than starting to read the copy and the message that is uh, that is that is included, they in, instead immediately try to understand the intent of the email. And once that intent... Critical message here, people. He's right. right. That's a critical message, yeah. And once that intent is understood by the recipient, they're either going to read or delete. But they decide prior to reading. So... That's where, I mean, ultimately Vidyard, I mean, when we're, when we're embedding a, um, a video into an email, whether it's personalized or not, what it does is it's, it's creating a pattern interrupt in that individual's day. Yeah. So, but at the same token, this is how communication is evolving and Vidyard, I mean, Vidyard's success and, and we're helping, we're helping so many different companies and so many different industries break through the noise of traditional email by doing this, but at the same token, how powerful will it be when when absolutely everybody's using it? There was um, a VP of sales who said, you've got 12 months where this tool is extremely effective, and then that might change. Now, we are working- They're saying that about your tool? Yeah, there was well, a- Well, the same can be said for the written language. Or about the telephone, <laughs> for sure, <laughs> I mean, for sure. And if you don't nail this written language but, bit, yeah. I mean, but, I, mean uh, as, I mean, one of the biggest focuses we have at Vidyard is continuing to innovate our product and make sure that it's powerful and make sure that yeah. we are able to provide the utmost value to, cases, to our customers. Use you know, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So there's, but there's a lot of moving parts. 
Yes. Right. So I, I think in, I agree with you. And, you know, to speak in the vidyard and, and, and I think it's what, you know, that's why I have the guest songs. I want to hear about their company. And, and what I love about vidyard, I use vidyard. We use it both internally for information. We pass information internally. In fact, I used it. I think I told you we were trying to communicate with Doug Ford regarding a charity that I'm involved in. And I use vidyard to communicate directly with Doug Ford. I don't know whether he watched it, but I know that somebody from his team watched hundred percent of the video multiple times. So I know that whatever I was going to write in an email would never have been able to convey that effectively yeah. as it was conveyed immediately in that email. And the fact that I knew they watched it, which of course was critical. Now, I think Vidyard um, is, is exactly the tool that's going to dictate the future, which is if you're not real, we're not buying. Yep. I agree. And at that, what Vidyard does allows you to be real. Yeah. And, and it allows you to jump. You know, it's like we do at the factory. We, we do a process of using video to let the person explain who, they're, who they are as a person. And, and a lot, we, we, we use a number of different processes to allow better emphasis on the candidate. And I think it uses a concept of video art of letting the person show who they mm -hmm. are, be who they are. Fantastic. Okay, let's get on some more questions. Sort of drive some important things. What's a key thing a manager's taught you? Maybe as for the managers out there that maybe could learn some things, maybe something, maybe maybe two things, a key thing that you teach your people, but also something somebody taught you that you're passing on. That'd be helpful to know because those are always the things that yeah, are important. Yeah, yeah. I, I think well, I'll start with mine. I, I Again, like it, this, whole th this whole conversation started around accountability. Right. So, I, I mean, my management style is I'm constantly trying to, I have very personal conversations with my reps, none, none that of course cross any lines, but, but very personal in the sense of I want to understand why they come into the office every day. I don't yeah. think it's enough for us just to show up to work. A lot of people do that. A lot of people live their yeah. lives activity not knowing based, why they activity, got- Activity-based lives. Yeah, not knowing why they got in the car in the morning. So I try to have that conversation with everybody that I manage and everybody that I've managed in the past is to understand like, what do you want to do? Right. I mean, we talked about dreams at the beginning of this as well. Like, what are your dreams? What are your financial dreams? Because I can help you do that. That's like this I'm is a vehicle for. for us to be able to do that. So um, we're not even financial, but what do you want to learn over the next 12 months in, in terms of becoming the best professional that you can? So I'm always trying to drive a, a heightened level of accountability. I think that- Sounds like investment. You're asking, you're asking them to put the dollars on the table, the, yeah. the effort, to, to put something down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the, and the thing is, is that- Again, like th these, when when young professionals enter into their career, or even people who are looking to reinvent their career, and they're not necessarily in the category of young professionals, one of the biggest things that you can that you can do, and that I again try to try to try to coach on, is being the best professional that you can be. We're all yeah. gonna make mistakes and that's okay, but at the same token, you need to understand that when you roll into whatever workplace you're rolling into every day, you have an opportunity to be great or just show up. Yeah, And that's one of the biggest things that I'm always pushing on. And so, the difference between the person who shows up and the person is great, it often seems like a massive chasm for the one person, yeah. and but for the other person, they're just doing their job. I don't think the chasm is as big as it is attitude, right? You would agree with me on oh, that? Oh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, like the advancements that I've been able to attain in my career are all because of that. That's it. Like I, I was taught- bringing a little bit extra. Oof. I was taught by one manager that I had that how you do anything is how you do everything. I wrote that down on a oh, sticky I note. I like that one. There's always some. He, Listen, he, folks, he, that's a good one. How you do anything is how you do everything. So he brought me into a room when I first started, software company in Toronto, <laughs> and he grilled me. He says, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I'd like to, I'd like to be successful for the company. He says, right. no, 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 no. What do you want to do? And he just kept grilling me and grilling me and grilling me and grilling me and grilling me until it was like, I'm not making any money here. I, I want, I've got a, I've got a woman that I'm in love with. I want to be able to buy her a ring. I want to be able to pay for that ring. I want to be able to pay off the credit cards that I owe. Like, and he was able to drive all the way down into that, to finding that out. And once he found that out, the relationship and bond between us was so strong. And he's the one who taught me that, 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 the companies that you represent, they, you owe it to them to show up every single day at a hundred percent of your game. Yeah. Every single day. But if you do that, the horizons that open up for you, be that financially, what you're able to learn, how you, your, 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 your opportunity to lead a team, which is one of the most honorable things. And, and I feel so privileged to have the opportunity to do that. But if you come in every single day and bring 100% of your game, don't ever take a sick day unless you're actually sick. Might as well. Of, yeah, there you go. So, but the thing is, is that if you apply yourself at the highest level 
every single day. You try to learn as never say can't. Try to learn as much as you can. It's unbelievable what that what that will do for you. And I think that that's one of one of the hardest things for people to do out there is to looking at more. their looking at their career, their outcome, et cetera. It's funny. I I always whenever I hire people, I always say to somebody else, "Say you give me six months, I'll make you better. Give me two years, I'll change your life." Right. And um, and what I mean by that is that that we are going to have to put it's everything. It's all in, right? Everything's got to be in for us to be successful. Right. If this is going to be a part time gig for you, you're going to try your hardest. Well, I got to know what your hardest is and make sure it's going to be enough for us. For sure. Because we, as you mentioned, you got a team, right? If it was just a single individual and they didn't work hard enough, well, then they they just complained or talked to themselves. But in most cases we're a part of an organism and mm-hmm. organism needs everything excellent well we had some great tips so far what about the young people out there well you're not you're not that old but there's lots of things that these young people these guys are joining this career now especially in this software as a service market or all the markets really what's going on for these young people what is a couple lessons you'd like to teach them help them out oh i think the I think it's okay to like whatever your road is. That's all right. Like I used to play in rock bands. I mean, nice. You and I have talked about like a that rock before. Star, yeah. folks. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look like a software sales guy. That's for sure. <laughs> but the it's okay. No matter what you want to do, that's great. Yeah. But articulate that. And articulate to yourself and don't don't dip your foot into the left, dip your foot in the right when you want to go commit. straight. Yeah, commit. So, right if, here, you, folks, so if you want commit. to play on a rock band, figure out how you're going to do that. Figure out how you're going to get on the road. Figure out how you guys are going to pool in the money to buy a van. Yeah. I did all that stuff. I, it was some of the best years of my life. Um, but when when I put the guitar down, I like I buckled in so hard. Like I switched my life like that by going from like living in a van to software sales and i was able to do that by ultimately just hitting the pavement when nobody would hire me rather than going back and picking up the guitar and being like okay well now maybe let's get a job yeah maybe i'll I'll do this yeah it's not for me totally i just i just kept learning i'd spend 12 hour days online trying to understand what the hell salesforce was perfect (laughs) and 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 i learned it what is it just kidding i'm still trying to figure it out (laughs) i just kidding i love salesforce we love you salesforce but the uh but the the whole so for young people out there it's okay if you it doesn't matter what you want to do whether you want to travel whether you you want to jump into the workforce right away it doesn't matter just commit to it 100 percent. go and do it and then when it starts to feel wrong identify that as well and then grow and yeah. change yeah. and adapt and do that as fast as you can. Yeah. Um, the years Hold go the accountability the, and the years go by quick. I mean, when I'm looking at uh, what it takes to uh, to be able to purchase a home, restart your career, like it's 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 no. It took me six years to get where I am, and six years is yeah. It's not it's not ten years, but at the same token, like it's it's a chunk. So and I, I think what's really important, and I think it's really driving success as I go forward for when I'm trying to help people is to have them exactly recognize the commodity of time yep. and how the commodity of time is the only element that cannot be replaced. That's right. And I don't know what I would say to a young person today other than to measure that time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I always say measure it in the, in the same fashion as compound interest, that if you use the right. time well today, you maybe don't have to relearn those steps today. But if you misuse the time today, then tomorrow you like that's the whole carpe diem, right? My idea is like let's rip right. it today, man. That's right. I want to rip it again tomorrow. Perfect. What's a what's a strength in your sales game and something that you feel has really been beneficial to you? Well, I, like I mean, I, I set out and it's not in, in any negative fashion, but I set out to ultimately challenge and if not break the traditional sales method of. P2P sales. Okay. As a business development manager, I was spending so much time um, build, ultimately creating opportunities for sales teams. And I did this over a number of companies. And what I noticed was there was a lot of contention. And we've, we've spoken about this throughout this conversation. Um, so I think one of the biggest strengths was not only my ability to identify that, but to then draw a playbook based around what I think would service yeah. the prospect, the prospective customer, not even the customer, just who who's interested in talking about our product and understanding it. Yeah. So I think one of the most, uh, the biggest strengths in my, in my sales playbook or my sales arsenal or, or myself as a salesperson is the ability to 
to reposition the conversation so that it's more valuable for the prospect than it is for us. Of course it should be. And I think a lot of this goes into a bit more, we used to always talk about B2B and B2C and how separate that was. I believe now that they're very much intertwined and they actually never were that separate. So it's, it's much more of a B2C type of selling in a traditional manner of the sense that if you walk into my storefront and start asking me questions, well, I don't immediately ask you what your budget is. No. I'm going to start answering them. Yes. So that's one of the most powerful things that that I, that I'm doing right now in sales is trying to reposition that conversation so that it serves the prospect a little bit more than it serves ourselves. Excellent. And what's interesting with that, Chris, is the reason that that's powerful because a lot of people might be listening and say, or even you sitting here wanting to challenge me on it, is that no, I believe in 100. percent Well, but but a lot of people might say, well. But then why is that a strength within your sales process? The reason, well, just, it, it, I mean, okay, yeah, go ahead. I can't wait to hear it. But well, the reason it's a strength is the fact that it allows these, these your prospective customers to drop the guard and they'll actually tell you a lot more 100%. than as if you put them under a bright yeah. light and said, yeah. hey, how much money have you got to spend? Yeah. What is the date that you're going to sign this thing by? Yeah. Like, they're like, I, don't, I don't even know who you guys are yet. I always so, say pe- people, uh, people buy, companies pay. There you go. And so if you don't understand that that person has to make that decision, mm-hmm. I want to be perfectly clear, they do. And on top of that, there's a person behind them that's judging the person making the decision. And a person on top of those two people that's also looking at the decision, yep. then there's going to be somebody in accounting that's going to therefore correlate decision with some data and then question that decision. And then when it appears in the monthly books and the quarterly books and the annual books, they can go back and question the decision. So if you don't think you have every obligation to let them know every reason that they're making the decision so they can answer to each one of those times, they'll be questioned on it. Yep. I think you wonder why you're in sales. My my favorite, my favorite. I mean, everybody's always talking about what well, you know. Competitive conversation. What's the talk track? You can you can spend hours on LinkedIn trying to you know, and you, you have all these people selling the same old. You know, this is how you deal with that conversation. This is how you deal with that conversation. The way that myself and my team are dealing with uh, the conversation of how do you how, how do you weigh up against this competitor? Right. Um, the way that the way that I'm that we're answering that, and the way that I want everyone to answer that is. Chris, this might not be the right product for you. You need to be the one Let's who goes out. And, yeah, so go out and look at this competitor, this competitor, this competitor. Furthermore, have you heard of this competitor? They're also in the space too. Oh, no, I haven't heard of them. I would recommend checking them out as well because here's the thing, Chris. This decision is about you. It's about the factory, which is your business, which I'm not invested in. No. So ultimately, you need to find the right software that's that's for you. Furthermore, I've purchased software in the past, Chris, so I'd be very happy to help you evaluate it and in the past, I've actually urged people to go with our competitors rather than ourselves because it just made more sense but when for them. You're, therefore, when you're right, it's a no-brainer. The be- walk down the road. So because there's still people selling in a traditional manner, we've had people come back to us. I have one rep and an individual who the next day got a, or had called us back and said, send me the papers, I'm signing with you. And he says, well, why? He says, because I went to your competitor and said, tell me about Vidyard. And he said, they just, they just, basically uh, um, ripped on you guys. Negative like the talk. Negative, negative talk. talk yeah. yeah, just hard not to Should use this. Nice. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. Negative talk, we call that. Ultimately, just... They just, don't understand how... They, they should respect their competitors. They may be a competitor. Ultimately, just um, just tore us up. Yeah. And he said, you were, you guys said to me that you were willing to help me and this decision was for me. They they ultimately just sat there and said, we're the best in the industry, da, 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 da. People don't buy that anymore. Well, I, I think that, you know, I think that today in today's, this is real sales talk. So this is talking about real sales and, and everybody acts like it's changed so much. Well, I've got a fair bit of history. It hasn't. Right. There's still aversion to buying the wrong product. Yep. There's still acceptance of buying the right product. Mm-hmm. It's never changed. It won't change for the rest of history. Right. But it, if you continue to drive the wrong product down somebody's throat, they're not going to buy. No matter how many, if you put a cadence on 400 phone calls and 72 emails and 32 LinkedIn's. They will say no seven hundred and twenty-seven times. Well, and we also shouldn't. We right also product, should, might say right once. We also shouldn't be satisfied that they bought. We should be helping them. That's right. Yeah. So you know, the as businesses grow, it's very difficult to try to hang on to that. But the more we try to hang on to that, 
the better we'll be as companies. And maybe we didn't have a great quarter, but that's because we didn't miss sell, you know, a hundred customers because yeah. we got the, you know, the person telling them everything that they need to hear. It's interesting. I, I think uh, one of the most important things that is a lesson, I think I heard two things from you that I'd like to draw out if it's okay. I want to come yeah. back to it is playbook. I want to talk about that. But a second thing I just want to just quickly make a point on, then we'll go back to playbook if it's okay. Is for these young people that are starting their careers. I think it's a good thing you brought up there. And I don't want them to find the perfect thing to sell. That's not going to be possible. In fact, I would say probably find the toughest thing to sell. Yeah. If you can find the toughest thing to sell and learn how to sell that, mm -hmm. then everything else will fall into place. Okay. For sure. If you're selling, you know, if you're selling bathing suits in the Antarctic, well, you can really make a good living probably doing <laughs> everything. But if you're going to sell, you know, uh, lawn chairs at a, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a resort, well, everybody wants one. Mm -hmm. Okay. So find something that's challenging. Don't be afraid of it. Sell it. Even if you don't like it, get really good at it yeah. and then go do something else. That's the first thing I'd say, because I liked what you said there, that like know your product and know what you're doing. But talk to me a little bit about playbook. Too many people out there, I love the idea of the playbook. I'm guilty myself of not having the best playbook. I think everybody out there is probably guilty of it. I think mm -hmm. it's, it's a work in progress at yep. all times, right? But you look at, you know, those New England Patriots who won their uh, championship for the umpteenth time, mm -hmm. they follow plays. That's They're right. calling in play 72, they're calling in play 44, mm -hmm. and off they go when they win the game. That's right. It. How do you devise a playbook out there? Well, How do you help somebody say what's what's maybe a few key things without getting but we haven't got hours to talk about it yeah, but, yeah yeah for sure we could go on we could go on and on about it the, right the thing is so if you look at if you look at nfl and i'm sure it's true to, to um, many other sports makes sense is that the playbook is actually a lot of people want to say they'll throw around the word playbook yep. Stra sales strategy playbook right yeah the thing is, is that there is when you look at the NFL and, you know, to your um, to your example, it's and so New England Patriots, they're going to call this play. They're going to call 37 blitz, whatever it is. Right. That's situational. It's situational. So they, so that he's not the, calling that when he's on offense. Well, they just have buckets. <laughs> yeah, they have buckets. Yeah, right. Yeah. So everything's bucketed and it's based on situation. It's based on where they're in the field. It's based on yeah. who they're playing against. It's based on so many different variables. So. One of the biggest things with with my playbook is that it's designed for the market that we're selling to. It's de designed for the individuals that we're selling to. And ultimately, it's got some very simple high level steps of how this process should go, to which we're very, very clear with our prospects as to this is the playbook. Like this is exactly this is what's going to happen. Well for you. Yeah. That's right. So ultimately, I mean, I'm using some of the talk tracks that my sales team uses today, which is in 30 minutes, I'm going to get you all the information you need to make a decision on this. And at the end, you're going to have one of three decisions. So one is you want to schedule another call with me. I mean, you could buy right now too. Yeah, if we'll take like, it. Which we, we do, do the a one lot call of that. Close. We like the one call We close. do that all the time. Yeah. And it's, um, and not to gloat on that, but that I think that that speaks volumes not to us being powerful as sales people, I think that that speaks volumes to how quickly we're getting people information and, and building good, confidence. And the quality with of your product that. too. That's right. Yeah. And the quality of the product. Absolutely. But ultimately we're telling them you got three options at the end of this. You're either going to say, let's book another call, send me some information and I want to book a call with you to which we then tell you, well, Chris, this is a decision. Like this next call is like, I'm here to answer questions. If you want to bring somebody else on to evaluate, we'll yep. do that. But ultimately this is a decision call. The second is send me some information. We always send information. Even if they say, no, I'm still going to send you a quote. Right. Cause they'll come back. They may. But um, the the second I, the second uh, option that you have is send me some information and maybe give me a call in a couple of weeks. I'm just getting, I'm just starting just to discover. Started, yeah, yeah, just getting started with this and that's fine. And the third is no. And we articulated that. And if you and I spent 30 minutes of our day and found a no, brilliant. It's good for you. It's good for me. Now, I'm still, I'm still going to send you pricing so that you have that. Because no could change in the future and misunderstanding. And always feel free to come back to me, Chris, because I'm here to work for you. That's what we do here. That's right. Here we want to get you information. So if anything changes your world, come back to me. Furthermore, um, one of the big parts of our sales playbook is we get hyper involved with their business outside of just selling software. And I don't know a lot of software companies that are doing this where I've got 
I've got tons of different people. I got a guy who used to be in real estate. I've got a guy who used to do door to door advertising sales. Um, I've got uh, a young woman who did business or pardon me, who sold B2B software. Um, I've got tons of business development um, rock stars who have graduated into the sales role. And what we're doing is saying, if you're building a business development team, yeah, Vidyard might be able to help you. But I'm happy to jump on a call with you and even talk to your team about different strategy, how to write emails. Um, I even help uh, companies with hiring. So I've hired over 55 reps in my career and I think only one of them didn't work out, which like I'm very proud of that track record. So a lot of, a lot of people <laughs> who some, sometimes it doesn't work out. No, but it doesn't, yeah. The, the, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to individuals who are building a business development team who are, you know, a 34 person company and I'll, I'll then jump on calls with them to actually give them some ultimately some free consulting. Right. The reason that that's powerful in our playbook is that they then just continue to think about us. They continue to think of us as a resource and our product only tends to make sense in this space. Yeah. So they eventually have that relationship with you and it's all relationship building. It's going back to that old idea of like, people. how do we help each other? And you do so much of that, Chris. The, I actually can, like the people, I wanna help yeah, them. That's how can I, I help you? And yeah. not only that, a lot of times in, and, and, and then I'll turn it back over to you, but a lot of times in this software sales world, we are getting, we talked about time. Sometimes people say, well, I don't have time for that. That person's never going to buy that sort of thing. That is totally the wrong attitude. Yeah. If that is the attitude of your company, you're in trouble. And the reason, the reason being is that if I could take 30 minutes to talk to somebody who might not even buy, but they are a potential customer. That's the best 30 minutes that I spent. To, like, would I be better off just sitting at my computer reading more news yeah. or maybe going for an extended lunch? If I can spend 30 minutes to try to help somebody under my company's learn, brand, learn, learn. Oh, that, it, what that can do for you now, if you can multiply that across your entire, entire sales org yeah. and you have all these different people who are not only saying, hey, I'm going to help you with the software, but if there's any other way that I can help, let me know. Yeah. The, it just it just makes you so much more powerful, and 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 you see that in in some of the biggest brands that are that are out there that aren't seen as just. And we all make mistakes in life, but I couldn't agree with you more because I think in the commitment to care for somebody else or serve them, uh, if that's how you feel in your heart, you when the person says no, you're able to navigate more effectively a, through that. Absolutely, and I I think that's law. That's a great lesson out there for salespeople. I always mm. feel. In fact, I, I I emailed one of the uh, bigger, larger uh, marijuana companies. And I'd like to come and train their team. And I'm not certain my LinkedIn message. Ten was, years ago, you couldn't say that on oh, camera. Of course, I couldn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Three years but ago, I, I wanted to come train their team, and and so I'm not certain my message was perfect, but it was really just an introductory t uh, message. And he and the gentleman sent back, "I'm not interested." Okay. And I would say what I describe would be, I'd love to talk to you at some point in time to be able to talk about your employees. I believe our company can help. And blah blah blah. And I was interested in the conversation. Somehow he felt I was asking for money. So I sent back a reply saying, I'm not certain what you're not interested in yet, but at this point in time, we haven't actually spoken. Uh, I said, I'm interested in speaking to you because I feel like I can help in these arenas. It sounds like I might have to be patient enough to wait for you to be interested in talking to me. Right. And he says, I like the way you did that. You can give me a call. There you go. But in his mind, he didn't understand what he was, his, in his mind, that no seemed easier to him. Yep. And he didn't even know why he said the no. So my, since my yes back to him was not to say yes, it was to respect the fact that maybe I didn't express myself correctly. But if you're not, if you don't need help from me, then I, I would love to be able to talk and at least understand what's going on in your world. Mm -hmm. It might help me to then deal with the next customer. And I'm quite certain we're going to talk next week. I'm quite certain by the end of this communication, we will either become friends and I'll help them or I'll know more about it. Maybe I'll help the next person. Right. And I think for salespeople out there too many times that there's not that immediate return on in that investment of mm -hmm. their time. They're like, oh, I'm going to move on. This guy's not going to do it. Instead of realizing how can I navigate through this challenging water and use this mm -hmm. to help me next time a great and that's what your playbook talks to is and just one thing you said it's it's buckets and i love the way you said that it's it's meant for the specific play not for all plays that's right excellent a couple more questions if you don't mind yeah um we talked about lessons you've learned what's a lesson you like to give to your employees all the time in terms of their daily at getting set up for their day like making sure their day is all set I, that's I, a critical thing I, you got to get yourself like Oh, and, and, and there's so much there's so much conversation happening around it but you need to be on in sales you have to walk into that office and you have to be on and one of the one of the one of the most difficult things or pardon me not one of the most difficult things but one of the 
one of the really, I was talking to a good friend of mine last night. We had about a two hour conversation that was supposed to be half an hour about his sales team. And we were talking a lot about the ICP and what falls into the ICP. And this company might Help be- Help everybody understand what the ICP or, is. Like ideal ideal customer profile. So, so what does that mean really? It's that this is the person who should buy our yeah, product. Yeah, so a lot of times companies will have different uh, leads that might come inbound where it's like, well, it's, that person isn't really like our, our yeah. ideal customer. Get on the phone with them. And if your salesperson gets on the phone with them, yes, they might not buy, but it just gives you another opportunity to, to exercise your pitch. To talk about the company. To, practice. And then three calls down the road instead of sitting there. You know when you wake up in the morning, your voice is all scratchy? Yep. Imagine getting on your sales call. There's a lot of salespeople that get on their most important call and it's the first person they spoke to all day long. Yeah. Especially because they didn't say hi to anyone in the office in the morning. They just walked by everyone with their coffee and their headphones on. Yeah. And then they jump into this conversation and, and they're talking over themselves. They're they're not able to articulate the value properly, et cetera. Relaxed. So one of the biggest lessons that I'm that I'm always trying to push is you got to come in, you got to have energy. Don't expect the prospect to bring energy. No. You've got backing to, up the whole time. You've got to jump on that call <laughs> yeah. at 9 a.m. instead of saying, well, I got my coffee here and it, it's raining out. You say, Chris, I'm wildly excited to talk to you today. That's how I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. I, well, I came. I I came to the That's office to early for. to take a look at what you guys are doing at the factory, and I'm pumped to talk to you right now. Okay. So just getting the right mindset and making sure that and I, it goes back to what you said earlier when you talk about goal setting. Mm. Like, what do you want to accomplish personally? Yeah. It comes back to we got to therefore get this sale to work out. That's and right. the Next one, you got to practice. You got to get better. I'll help you, but you have to get better. Excellent. You have, you have to be on a hundred percent of the time, or cool. else sales isn't right for you, in my opinion. So we've heard a lot today about accountability. Heard about your wonderful father. I'm sure mother's mom, mom's a fantastic lady as well. Today. Happy birthday, yeah, mom. Happy What's birthday, mom's mom? Name? Sheila. Happy birthday, Sheila. Happy birthday. Hope you have a wonderful day. We're, what we're hearing is communication is completely changing at sales. And mm -hmm. we're getting, but yet, yet it's not really. It's still back to being empathetic, being righteous, and being right. Yeah. And if you don't know if you're right, therefore you got to have ask more questions to find out if you can help the customer. So a lot of things, even though they have seemed like they changed, they haven't changed. Yeah. It's going right back to the beginning of time. That's right. Let's talk a little bit here, unless you have any further lessons you'd like to share about sales, like we've talked a lot about it. I like to always get to the make a difference moment when we close things out. Sure. Because I think what people really bring, and I think probably why you're a fantastic salesperson, a sales manager, and a good human, is that you put the other person first. So tell us, who's made a difference in your life, personally or professionally? What would you say to them? Oh, I've got, I've got tons of people. I think that... Um I think there's one individual <clears throat> that I would uh, point out, and that's uh, one of my father's old uh, um, clients that he used to do business with. There's a gentleman named Larry Graham. Larry Graham. And when I came, again, when I left Thunderbound, Ontario, and moved to Toronto and wanted to get into software, um, he's uh, he's a very successful businessman, and he he's, he's always bounced around the Southern Ontario area, but he came and met me in downtown Toronto. I had my little resume that had like, you know, I owned a landscaping company. I spent eight years at one company, which I thought was a bonus. But when you move to Toronto, it's like, they want to see some. It should be a bonus. I might it should be for yep. sure. But, um, I mean, it was, it was, it, it, my resume looked very different than it does today. And he, not only did he take the time to come and meet me, Knowing that I had, and I think a lot of it goes to the relationship that him and my father had, where they were business, where they were um, uh, clients of one another, but then they became very good friends and then our families became good friends, but I hadn't spoken to him in years and I just got his email off my father and I emailed him. I'm like, he's, you know, might have some connections down here. And he met me in a Starbucks on King and, uh, or yeah, part King and, or Queen and Ossington, pardon me. I still remember. And he came and met me and I got my sport coat on and. I hadn't seen him in years and and basically I just wanted to give him my resume, see if he knew anybody who was looking to hire yeah, somebody. Just networking. Who's, yeah, networking. And he passed around my resume, got a few calls going with a few different companies that, you know, I didn't understand their business or what they did. And I took the time to try to, but um, that meant a lot to me. That meant a lot to me that um, in his busy day with his three kids and his wife and his business that he's running to come and meet me downtown Toronto and drive an hour and a half to come have coffee with me and talk to me about my resume and how I should try to kickstart my career. He was the only one that, uh, 
the only resource that I had in Toronto to be able to lean on. What was his help. name again? Larry Graham. Larry Graham, you're a good man. You're showing the way for this good man here. He's going to show the way for yeah, somebody else, I bet, right? Absolutely. And then, and then you know, our, our relationship started to become a friendship. And um, he invited me and my now wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, to their place for Christmas because Wonderful. both our families aren't in Toronto. And um, he was just always a good resource, good sounding board for me. And, it, and again, like, it's just, you know, it, it speaks sometimes you do something small for somebody when they ask for a little bit of help and i wasn't begging him i no, just said no, hey just like conversation maybe make, and just mentorship that, yeah and that's still stuck with me so that's awesome i love him uh what is something you're going to do in the next little while to make a difference for somebody i always ask that of the show people come to the show i said listen what can you do to do something for somebody? i actually had somebody I, I love jumping on the phone and talking shop so i was helping a friend yesterday and um and i've consulted with different software companies and whatnot over the last couple of years just on the side after hours getting on the calls with new managers that sort of thing um, but I love doing that and and if it's at a consultative level level great but if it's not it's it's a friend or somebody people. that I can help out with some so you wisdom. love doing the business help you're like you're bu you're yeah. a business guy eh? like well, you're, you're, I like, like doing it. business help because I think you speak lots on this Chris too is that your business life is your is your 100%, personal life 100%. so if I can help these individuals in their business now they can call me for anything and I'll be there but if these people are calling me saying hey Evan this is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm only my first year in a management, you're four or five years into it. Like, you know, maybe there's something I'm not seeing here. And usually I'm able to, it's a very proud moment for me to be able to say, oh yeah, I've been through that. This is what I did. This is how it worked. And um, I try to build a network of people that I'm able to help the same way that, you know, going back to the story of Larry there helping me. That's I'm constantly trying to do that. I find it to be the most rewarding part of my day when I'm able to do that for for anybody for I, no, I with nothing more. exchanged but time that mentorship teaches you teaches them and, and and i think that's i always ask for a lesson that we can pass on mm -hmm. throughout this experience i always look for something that we can pass on to the to the viewers or listeners and i think with real sales talk i think the one thing that you you know mentorship is really what we're talking about it's what larry did for you it's what you're doing for your friends that's something that makes a massive difference. It makes a massive difference to you because you learn and you adapt more effectively. Therefore, you can help more people. And more importantly, I think most importantly, you help the other person. You see them accelerate. Yeah. It's, I, it is it is my calling, actually. It's what I love to do. And, um, you know, I, I from all the different things that have happened in my life, um, I think the most important thing that I've done is impact my employees and my children. Mm -hmm. And I hate to, you know, they'd say, why would you put them in the same vein? I said, because I've had that same opportunity. I think as an owner of a company or as a manager of a company, you have to treat it like you have to treat it like you have an opportunity to affect them like a parent. Oh, absolutely. You have absolutely. to deal with the negative that has to be dealt with. And you've also got to be very positive with the positive. And I don't say it's the overly positive. You got to be just correctly positive, but you got to give them the negative. You got to tell them the things that that are going to help them to overcome and meet those objectives and then rise to that new level. Otherwise, I always worry about these people that don't like the negative and they realize what, yeah. you know, when you got to get past that. So it sounds like you're doing that. Well, that's Chris. That is the number one reason why new managers fail is because they are too scared to have that conversation. As a manager, if you want to be an effective manager, you never want to do anything harmful. But you also can't be afraid that sometimes your people are going to leave the room and you're not going to be their favorite person that day. But a bit of push. going all the way back to this conversation, sometimes we felt that way about the people who raised us. And, you know, I, I know right. that it's not always the case, but a lot of times it is the case where the people who are hard on you for your betterment, you end up having a bond with them like no other. They're the and only ones that look, they look up for you like crazy. Yeah, so don't look for immediate friends when you're managing. Like if there's one piece of advice I can give for new any new managers or existing managers who are trying to figure out how to take their game to the next level is don't look for that immediate connection to be friends with somebody. Drive them to be the best that they can be. Give them the hard feedback. Don't be afraid. As a manager, you have to sacrifice. Like it's hard being a manager 100%. because... I wish I could just be everyone's friend. That'd be nicer. I wish I didn't have to challenge everyone all the time. Yeah, but it's just it's, money rolling in, really, everybody's happy. Yeah, it, but it's really hard to um, sometimes have to throw, you know, what you what you might want out of, you know, relationships with your team. Your team is always going to be very tight knit, and you're going to kind of be the parent figure. If you're as tight with your team as they are with each other, you've got a problem. And I think that it's important to, to have a really strong relationship with them, but it's also important for them to 
for that relationship to be a little bit different because you are the authority figure who is going yeah. to be the direction where they're looking for Vision. direction. And sometimes they don't like what you say, but as long as it's done in good in intention, your bond will be very strong because they eventually end up saying, wow, like this, this made me a lot better. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Mm -hmm. Well, we've come to the end of almost our full hour here. Do you have any further comments you'd like to espouse out to our group out there in sales? What's a, what, what would you say to them? Go after it. This is a good business. Get, get in sales. Get after just it. That's get, how I just, feel. Just get hyper-focused. Learn as much as you can. Um, I went from... I went from... I went from not understanding what Salesforce was. And you say in the interview, you know what Salesforce is? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And when you get that job, instead of like, don't go to other people trying to understand this information. Like the the computer in front of you holds all the information on that Earth. That black box is pretty, so big, pretty smart. Invest in time, go figure it out. Don't ask a stupid question. One of the biggest things that bothers me is, is if I ask you a question, how do you spell this? Or, 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 you know, what's, what's, you know, any, any question out there, Google it. Like, like you, you, are your own, you are your own well, you best gotta, resource. Yeah, you got to check, you got to check some stuff out. You got to, because if you force yourself to learn, you force yourself to become better. Yeah. So just well, be accountable. Be accountable. So, so far we've learned about accountability. We learned about the word can't. We learned a lot about Vidyard, a fantastic product out there that use, allows you to embed videos into emails to change the way communication's happening. It's a fantastic company. I'd like to thank Evan Santa from Vidyard for coming here, telling us a little bit about it. Uh, do you want to do a last little pitch? Maybe tell us a little bit about the viewers out there, exactly what Vidyard does, because we haven't done that. I think it'd be helpful. Yeah, well, changing, changing the uh, way people communicate using the power of video. Yeah. Check it out www.vidyard.com. There you go. Wonderful company. I am blessed to have had Evan Santa as a friend. I'm blessed to have had the opportunity to spend the day with you here today. I think you'll find some information he talked about from uh, communication styles and the way sales has changed the future to be helpful. We talked a lot about working together, making commitments, meeting those commitments. I think real sales talk is exactly that. It's about being real and understand that the real sales talk involves people. It involves making decisions, but most importantly, it involves you putting every ounce of effort you got into it. Even if you do something wrong, you should probably figure it out. But I'll bet you with this real sales talk and every other one we do and every other one you do in your world, you can just become that much better. If you want to become a guest on our show to sit and where Evan's sitting, tell us a little bit about your company, yourself, let us know. If you like these podcasts, give us some feedback. You want some more information, you want us to talk about something, put it in the comments below. We are here to serve. We're here to help. Evan Santa, thank you so much for coming here today. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. On behalf of Evan Santa and myself, this is Real Sales Talk. Peace. Carpe diem, my friends. Carpe diem. <laughs>